0: Was that? What's Why? It? You said we would do I that. Thought,
1: I thought I said I would do. Okay. Okay. One. One.
0: No, we already, we already no, did it. No,
1: we have to do it. Okay. One, two, three. What's, What's
0: that? that? Hey, welcome to Coffee and House. <laughs> I'm Scott.
1: I'm Raven.
0: And we're here on episode four, hosted at the Grand in Phoenix. <laughs> yes. If you're listening, you've probably heard of the Grand or been to it at least last year. It's that 24-7 coffee shop, kind of an industrial look. I love the atmosphere of this place and they have they have so many specials here, like non-stop specials. Yeah. I'm having the Trick or Treat, which is like a spicy pumpkin pumpkin spice, you know? Yeah,
1: and I'm having the Witch Brew, which is like maple caramel latte.
0: I, of course, got the biggest size that they have here, 32 ounce.
1: Because you have an addiction, have a coffee addiction.
0: Yeah. We treat it like it's a running joke when it's actually a problem. It's the truth.
1: True story choice.
0: So, today we've actually got quite a few reviews. We have the same amount of reviews, but...
1: (laughs) Quite a few. The same.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Starting with uh, the single that you recommended to me by Ariana Grande. Is that right?
1: Yes! First of all, it's Ariana Grande.
0: I'm from Chicago.
1: As an ariana I will not stand for this.
0: I have an accent. Quanti. Ariana Grande.
1: Yes, she came out with positions. It was, honestly, it was amazing. And I didn't expect anything less from her. I've been following her since her victorious days, and I knew she was going to make it big. This is... Honestly, I expected this kind of, like, sound from her because she's kind of evolved in sound.
0: Um, like, back in, uh, like her past couple projects she's had this like kind of dark pop like kind of dark wave-esque type of sound to her production but now she's adding a lot more strings and harmonizing which I think doesn't necessarily work better but is a lot more refreshing of an aesthetic to Ariana Grande's voice because she has such a high range and she like knocks those high notes out of the park yeah so having string instruments like a harpsichord or a violin to go with those like love and sex kind of themes in her voice. It's just the perfect mashup for me. I think it's one of her best singles out yet. And I'm really excited for her new album.
1: I love the like, oh wait, I'm just gonna pull up because she released the, the album list for like all the songs. Okay. Well, what they're gonna be named. But like, I love the sound she's having now, like the light R&B. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, ooh, ooh. Those are my excited sounds.
0: So, is this like... So, I don't know if this kind of sound, because I'm not as familiar with Ariana, because Mm -hmm. I obviously can't pronounce her name right, I'm not as familiar with her as you are, or as other people are. Do you see this as a change in sound, or a change in direction?
1: I think... The last thing was Thank You, Yeah. um, before that sweetener. I think that was kind of like a, a linear... It wasn't that much of a change, I feel like, because... When she first started out with her first album, Yours Truly, in 2013, it was heavy R&B, yeah. heavy R&B. And then she moved to My Everything, which was heavy pop. Mm-hmm. It was a real change. And then Dangerous Woman was her next album, and it was a kind of a mixture of the two. And then after that, Sweetener, it was just like, R&B. And I feel like she's finding herself, like she's finally found it. When, so,
0: that, so this is her sixth studio album?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs>
0: It feels so weird. Ariana, um, it feels like just recently she came into the music scene and like off of like the shows that we used to watch when we were little.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, like, maybe it's just the two albums that stuck with me in her catalog, but it still feels very recent that Ariana's on the scene. I
1: don't know. Sometimes, like, I feel like with Sweetener in 2018, it was just, like, big. Like, it just blew up. And it was just ariana everywhere and sometimes i look back and i'm like dang this is really the sixth album yeah i was like where'd all this time go
0: it seems like she's in her prime for like four albums in a row at that point
1: she is just living thriving like the pictures she released for this oh my gosh
0: like the cover art
1: yes and like her hairstyles her makeup her outfits I was actually dying. I was screaming. I'm still screaming.
0: Well, we'll be sure to review it in the next episode. Yes. And As see how, how that new sound pounds out. Hands the... out. <laughs> wow. Pound. Press Pound silence. to end the podcast.
1: What <laughs> <laughs> can I press <laughs> say?
0: Oh my god.
1: But the songs to release, like, some of the tracks, the names are just, like, amazing. Like One is Shut Up.
0: Oh. Sounds like a track for you, Raven.
1: You want the smoke?
0: (laughs) Wait, is that another track? No. Oh.
1: It's directed at you. Pound.
0: Oh. Pound.
1: Another track is 34 plus 35. Do the math.
0: I'm a journalist. I can't do math.
1: 34 plus 35. 69. Oh.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, she has a song with Doja Cat and okay. The Weeknd and Ty Dolla Sign.
0: Okay, so she's got a lot of the. Uh, so she's got a lot of mainstream, like you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a track called "Nasty" that all the Rennaters like. We were a snippet of it a while ago, and we're all patiently waiting. We think that's gonna be like the best track. Okay. But obviously, we don't know anything yet. Nothing's for sure.
0: Well, it sounds like either way, uh, Positions is set up for success between the features, the cover art that you're mentioning. Yes. Uh, There's a lot of hype around it, and I'm actually starting to be on that hype train based off of the title track that was released. Yes! Um, after that, I think we had Annie with Dark Hearts.
1: Love, 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 love. Did I mention I loved it?
0: Not enough. Not enough.
1: Oh my gosh! Like, first of all, her voice. I didn't didn't know it was possible, because she has, like, a sort of dreamy, light voice, but I didn't think it was possible for her to have such a rich sort of dark tone at the same time
0: yeah i want to say that annie's voice so i act there's some issues with the album in relation to annie's voice in my opinion oh yeah and it's based on the dynamic between her voice and the instrumentation Mm. so annie has a very unique voice and the closest thing i can compare it to is like a banshee or a ghost which is very fitting because dark hearts is a halloween album yes very fitting obviously um, but sometimes the instrumentation kind of leaves her voice very barren. Mm-hmm. So in between a kick drum, in between a beat, her voice goes on a high note and it feels very alone, but like as if it needs more layers. Yeah. And to me, it kind of comes off like a ghost caught on camera. Like it's something that we shouldn't have really seen and it kind of exposes how Annie doesn't have that much range, but nails down an aesthetic for sure.
1: Yeah. I kind of like this sort of music where it's not too many layers, it's kind of stripped down, but I can definitely see what you're saying. Sometimes it's like,
0: overwhelmed. What was your favorite track?
1: Oh my gosh, I had to. I couldn't pick one, I couldn't. The Streets Where I Belong, and... where is it? What's at? Forever 92. Yes, yes, yes! Both, for me, like, had... in the production, I heard a little bit of, like, 80s.
0: Yeah, that's um, another thing. Like, on Forever 92, I kind of came to the realization that... Uh, Dark Hearts isn't about trying to mimic the 70s in my opinion but more like reminiscing it similar to shows like Euphoria and Riverdale that are bringing back a lot of the colors that the 90s and the 80s and so forth have like had in the past yeah Um, I think it's a similar case with this album and it's not like regurgitating sounds that we've heard before but more like remembering them in a good way yeah which ties all the way back into her uh, remembering Halloween and embracing Halloween spirit
1: yeah I'm all for it. I'm just like, this is just, this is a hit. This
0: is a hit. Um, between Forever '92, uh, American Cars, and the song with the song about uh, mermaid, I think it sounds like Annie is in a different Halloween costume in each different song. Yeah, like a siren on the mermaid or on the mermaid song a gangster on the American Cars song, a ghost on the title track. It's It's got Halloween written all over it. And despite the issues that I had with the instrumentation and how it like works with her voice, I think like, I really appreciate albums like this. Maybe I'm just a Halloween fanatic, but I'd love to see more from Annie next year.
1: I mean, so am I, like I'm all for Halloween, favorite holiday, even though everyone wants to say their favorite holiday is Christmas.
0: Or Thanksgiving or something.
1: Who says Thanksgiving? Come on.
0: I think the next one on the list was an album by Audiker. Sign. This was a bit of a left field pick from me because I just wanted to switch it up a bit. I know we've been covering a lot of like R&B, a lot of rap um, and stuff like that. And even just a lot of electronic and pop in general. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to, you know, introduce something new. Cause we gotta cover new things eventually. Yeah. What were your thoughts on uh, sign?
1: I I just couldn't vibe with it. I couldn't find any track that I could vibe with, and I felt so bad. Well I didn't like feel bad, but I really wanted to like this because you know, finding a new genre or a new artist that you like is a, an amazing feeling. But I just I couldn't vibe. Like I I definitely see that it's a great piece of music it's not like trash like I could definitely see how some people really really like this really like the style of music or this artist But I just like I couldn't buy with it
0: yeah um, I think like the term that I hear thrown around for Autiker is IDM which mm-hmm. stands for intellectual dance music which is shouldn't be as pretentious as it sounds but I've always like, seen Autiker's name thrown around when it comes to electronic music and like importance in the music industry. And this is my intro to him, too. So I figured, why not give this a shot? It's a new release. Might as well get into, get into him now better than ever. Mm. Um, and I don't think I can really reference any of the tracks because most of them are impossible to pronounce. They look like equations, which is, I guess, part of the theme that Autiker was going for here, um, that... To me, the closest term I can think of is science music. It sounds like a bunch of bubbles, a bunch of particles like bouncing off the walls and stuff. Yeah. Um, It's very, it is intellectual based, but it's not really something that you can dance to in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, couldn't, I can't imagine myself just, like, getting down to, like, yeah. some scientific music.
0: Yeah. For me, it was more like an atmospheric lesson. Like, uh, on the beginning track, it feels like a scene setting. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm watching a movie listening to it, like watching a movie about science or something, some kind of scientific discovery or epiphany. There are tracks that I can tell have different moods and different settings to them. There's one track that transitions into another track where it's like very fast paced, very intense. And then it goes on to something more ambient and moody. And it's like from hot to cold, as if the sound has been put over a flame. And then the resulting experiments. I'm trying to understand what kind of perspective Audiker was going for with a uh, sign. Mm-hmm. And I want to say scientific reasoning is a good aesthetic for them. I don't know if that's technically an aesthetic, but it's it's like trying to understand something. Yeah. It's a bit of a puzzle to work out.
1: Yeah, and I like I respect that heavy. Cause digging that deep into your music is just like, it's cool, it's a cool thing to do. I'm just like, cool. Oh.
0: It's not exactly something you can put in really any playlist like it's not something I can go to sleep to or study to really But it's kind of just there.
1: It's kind of like standalone. Like you can't group it with anything really
0: It's like that indie movie that wins so many awards But it's not something that you would exactly mention to your friends.
1: Yeah. Like it's a
0: great piece of artwork, but it's not something that really Needs to be shared yes. to be appreciated other than like through description a, of it, yeah. Other than through a podcast, obviously, yeah. Yo, yo. Um, what did we have next? Oh, we had Kiana Lead,
1: love, love, Kiki, like Kiana Lead. This was the deluxe version, right? Yes, so there was just like some acoustic versions released because it was released, um, in April, like initially, mm-hmm. and she recently just released a deluxe version,
0: of um, some acoustic.
1: Versions of the songs.
0: Yeah on the 23rd, I think
1: mm-hmm. Love love, 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 love.
0: <laughs> Yeah, um If you want to know what it sounds like you've probably already heard it to be honest. It's got so many plays There's um, some
1: songs that Would viral for like challenges on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: yeah, so it's it's kind of like that kind of R&B album, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say it's like down the alley of like Bryce and Tiller or anything, I don't think it's like that emotional or that complicated, it's very simple and very straightforward. Um, And at some times, that's kind of a problem with it for me. Because I didn't hear the original Kiki all the way through. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing the Deluxe now. Like, I've heard songs off it before that I liked. But some of it is just, like... It feels like a lot of themes are just being repeated over and over and over. Which Uh, isn't a problem, but it's, like
1: it gets it, old yeah it can get old and i feel like a lot of recent r&b albums and songs it's very repetitive sometimes like i appreciate and i respect like great voices great songs but sometimes i'm like oh it's this artist i thought this was like this other artist because it kind of sounds exactly the same like, yeah they're talking about the exact same thing which is like oh, Right.
0: Yeah, it does make me wonder, like how Kiana pairs up against people like Bryson Tiller or um, Kalani or Kali Uchis.
1: Mm-hmm. Those are big, big names.
0: Those are big names, and uh, Kiana isn't like that big, is she? She's just like kind of now getting discovered.
1: Yeah, she's. Definitely not as big as like Kaylawney and like yeah. artists like that, but she's getting her name out there, definitely, with this album. So I got a little bit of ways to go, but who doesn't really? Um,
0: when you were listening to it, was there like. So one thing I noticed is that she's not, she's a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. All of the vocabulary, like everything she's talking about and all the problems are very Gen Z. I don't want to sound like that guy, but...
1: But it is! It's true! It's
0: true. Like, all the slang she uses...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It al- it almost feels forced.
1: Is she, like, real, real millennial? Like
0: No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, like, some millennial yes. generation blends in with Gen Z, especially if you're, like, born on 2000.
1: She... look up when she was born. Oh, my gosh. Oh, she's 97. So, like, they're kind she's of... She's... Ni- oh. 1997.
0: I thought she was 97 years old for a minute.
1: <laughs> Pack it up. Pack it up! Oh, she's born in 1997.
0: Hmm. So, technically a millennial. A bit more on the border, but... She's,
1: like, on the border, so I feel like she, like, understands what Gen Z like slang is, but I could see how you would see those words because it was used so much.
0: It was used so much, so like much. even actual Gen Z artists like um, Five Yo Foreign or Billie Eilish, they don't even do that. Like they do t- more typical like vocabulary more like, their lexicon isn't based on a generation.
1: Because when you're already a Gen Z, like you don't have to worry about using that slang or worry about, like, reaching out to Gen Z, because Gen Z already, like, knows you. Mm -hmm. But, like, with millennial artists, they're like, oh, you have to reach out to, like, the younger ones. Yeah. Which, like, you know, I appreciate it, but in every single instance, it's kind of a lot.
0: Yeah, I did kind of, like, cringe at some points, especially on the OnlyFan track, which, yeah, is more of a current problem. Well, I don't want to say problem, but, like current issue mm-hmm. it's a new thing only fans accounts yeah. but i i feel like she's in territory that isn't really hers if that makes sense
1: i got some like inklings of like i was thinking of like how did she like come up with like these lyrics or whatever and i just envisioned her like searching up what's trending right now with the young kid <laughs>
0: Yeah, um...
1: There was... like she's, like, not that old herself.
0: So. Yeah. And, like, the features are kind of guilty of it, too. Like, on that OnlyFan track, the line, Pussy's so good, I gotta subscribe, is whack, and you can't change my mind. Like, a subscription service, like, it's Spotify...
1: I'm screaming.
0: This isn't just like a song you can sing along to.
1: This is
0: this is like an analogy gone wrong.
1: Honestly, though, it literally just sounds like that line. Just reminds me of just every famous, not famous, but every like hot rap song like right now, yeah. for like in the past three three years.
0: Yeah, but. I don't know. Um I was like very mixed on this project. Like it uh Kiana has a lot of talent. I just think it's not used in the right way for R and B, if that makes sense. Okay. I think if she took her own actual, like, more unique approach to R&B, she would reach a lot broader of an audience, because I could see Kiki being extremely dated within the next three years. Like, it's got a lot of plays now, but who's going to be listening to it long term?
1: Doesn't have that longevity.
0: No, because it's limited by a generation.
1: It's limited by what's happening right now. Yeah. Specifically right now.
0: And it doesn't have that historical merit that albums by um, Little Sims or Charlie XCX have because they were released during quarantine because those have a lot of historical context of dealing with COVID-19. This is more dealing with a lot of vague issues affecting a specific generation rather than a specific time.
1: And by like next year we're gonna be like oh we're not dealing with that anymore yeah next
0: Bye. time yeah next time i hear kiki i'm gonna think of kiki do you love me by drake <laughs> i'm sorry but that's what i thought of when you recommended it at first
1: oh my gosh and i'm not even gonna get into that I'm yeah not.
0: let's not and then finally we have gorillas with song machine season one which
1: that was very interesting to me because I looked up I looked up the gorillas, like gorillas and what they do and everything and I saw that it was some like sort of series.
0: Yeah, Song Machine I guess is going to be a series. I don't know for how many volumes, but mm-hmm. it seems like uh, this is just like an entirely new era for Damon Albarn, uh, the main director of Gorillas. Um, I personally love the project a lot. I wouldn't say it's like as replayable as possible but when it comes to the song structure the songwriting, uh, the features it feels actually flawless like oh I don't want to call it a 10 out of 10 because it's not like it's going to be my favorite album at the end of the year yeah but it is in my opinion Gorilla's best work and for their critical acclaim that's saying a lot
1: for me, I'm not that familiar, not that familiar with Gorilla's. I I bad with this more than I thought. Way more than I thought. There were some songs like How Far. I actually did like that one. My feelings with this is I wouldn't add it to like my likes or like I wouldn't add it to like a playlist or anything. But there was some there were some tracks and I was like, okay, okay, I'll give it a little like shoulder shake
0: um it was just a huge interesting fusion i think of Mm -hmm. different genres and it 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 incorporated like every single genre that you could think of from jazz to reggae to tons of rap and hip-hop to rock alt-rock indie rock literally everything but black metal is on here
1: that's what i can say i definitely did not get bored i was surprised every like next song i was like oh next song. i was like what definitely kept me on my toes. I could definitely say
0: that. I can definitely see so I don't think this is on like physical copies like CDs or vinyls or anything yet mm-hmm. but I could definitely see a box set of this making so many numbers because this feels like an album that you should listen to on occasion as an album rather than scattered throughout in a playlist.
1: Yeah. It has to be together. It feels like not, not as much of a story but yeah. it's a complete body of work.
0: Yeah, especially since Gorillas is based off of like four different animated characters and you're doing every song as a collaboration with a different artist, almost entirely in a different country than the next. It's It's got to be cohesive and the only way for that to be is if you listen it, to it in one sitting.
1: Yeah, it's really fresh. I have the utmost respect, definitely. Yeah.
0: And I think that's all we have for reviews. Unfortunately, there isn't that much happening in the music industry in regards to news, Mm -hmm. other than some of the obvious in, in terms of politics. But we try to stay as far away from that as possible, Yeah. with the slight exclusion of Kanye West running for president. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast, I think, either yesterday or a couple of days ago. And I was quite... I was actually pretty disappointed with uh, how Joe Rogan handled the podcast. uh, Because Kanye West, in person, like off the mic, if you don't know, he rambles a lot. And he changes topics. And he's a little bit on the scatterbrain side. Which shouldn't be too surprising because of his Twitter behavior. But uh, letting him ramble is not, in my opinion, the way to interview someone.
1: Because what's the point of an interview when he can just do the same thing on Twitter.
0: Because it's okay to interrupt if you need clarification on something as an interviewer, right? Yeah. But letting him go 12 minutes straight from the election to his mental health, to Star Wars at one point, and then back to the election, and then to uh, his religious beliefs, it was really incohesive. And I think part of that interview uh, was on Joe Rogan's part.
1: I feel like there was no, it didn't feel like there was any set plan, like you just wanted Kanye there. Yeah. Just to be there, just because it's like hot news right now.
0: Yeah, which I mean, good on Joe Rogan for getting him, it's not like you can be more successful than that.
1: Yeah, that had to be hard to get, but at the same time...
0: There's a lot that you could have done with that interview, to yeah, be honest. And
1: definitely
0: a lot. I don't think that the full potential of a Kanye West interview, which are far and few between, especially depending on where Kanye goes Mm -hmm. and when Kanye is, from the old Kanye to the new Kanye to the new, new Kanye, it's like, you've got to be very precise when you get a celebrity like that on your podcast.
1: I feel like he was maybe kind of scared to make him mad, because Kanye gets mad.
0: Yeah, uh, Kanye does have his moments, but as some for someone of Joe rog- for someone of Joe Rogan's like stature and standard, like he's very composed and he knows how to handle himself. And Joe Rogan, uh, if you know him, can control his emotions pretty, pretty carefully. Yes. But to not control the conversation at all kind of just shows that you had Kanye on just for the views and not for his views.
1: Yeah, a bit disappointing.
0: Um, But on the topic of Kanye running for president as a thing, this isn't a partisan take but more of an analysis on how far influence from music can actually go. We've never had someone jump from music to, to, well, from music to presidency or attempted presidency before. Um,
1: We've seen artists support politicians, um, like Cher supporting Biden.
0: Yeah. uh, Bon Jovi, same thing. Uh, Being a nonpartisan artist is actually quite rare, and especially for artists back then. Like Dolly Parton is one of the only artists I can remember who never really flew out any political opinions other than love everybody, love yourself, and stay healthy, stuff like that, you A know, queen. just like queen. general positivity, nothing more specific.
1: And sometimes like, I understand that the artists are people too, they're going to get political. But sometimes I just want to separate those things because politics, like, I don't want to think about that, like, when I'm listening to music.
0: Yeah. Especially all the time because uh, political and politically infused music it's not inherently a bad thing at all no but what is going to be on the billboard and are these issues going to stay on the billboard for a while even past these issues yeah i think that politics may date music a little bit too much and although the song or the track success is not based off of Uh, how long it stays on the billboard, but by how many people it reaches in the first place. I don't know if music as an uh, music as an abstract concept can approach politics as a direct concept. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it's just. It's. I feel like it comes to the point of like separating the artist from. Um, the art yeah
0: the vincent from the van gogh's wait the vincent van gogh's from the story nights (laughs) the kanye west from the my beautiful dark twisted fantasy Mm. the hp lovecraft from the call of cthulhu stuff like that
1: yeah it's just it's it's a hard topic
0: Yeah, it's really hard uh, to discuss, especially because so many artists are involved in politics now, and politics is very messy, and art is also very messy. So when you transfer from one mess to another, it gets a little difficult to talk about, especially when there's so much of it now
1: they're both messes but i feel like music is a bit of like a beautiful mess and yeah. politics is like but
0: yeah <laughs> one goes up the other goes down yeah um
1: and it's just like you see it in so much now because this election season mm-hmm. crazy just blatant
0: which i mean makes sense but when it comes to talking about like news the last thing we want to do when talking about things we like is talking about reasons why we're right
1: yeah we
0: just want to express how we feel about certain pieces of art that's it straightforward do we like these albums do we like these artists not necessarily caring about their viewpoints yeah unfortunately there isn't much news to go by what
1: I thought I heard something. It was like. Okay. <laughs> I was that's. It was like grinding like salt behind my head or something. Never mind.
0: Yeah. Some more coffee shop ambience for you. <laughs> um. But yeah. That's just our quick little thing about the relationship between music and politics.
1: Yeah. We're not going to get any deeper than that.
0: Absolutely no, not. No. This
1: is about the enjoyment of music. Yeah. Period. Period.
0: Um. <laughs> Yeah, let's just jump back to, like, music. So, I've been thinking a lot, there isn't that much seasonal music out there for Halloween.
1: Seriously, I'm very passionate about this. I'm, like, moving my neck very, very adorably right now. There's every year for Christmas, artists release their little Christmas deluxe albums. Either they're covering a range of Christmas songs or they're coming out with their own. And I love that, you know, Justin Bieber's Christmas album. Yes. Ariana Grande's, yes.
0: Tyler, the creator, released one too. And it was all right. Like, I mean.
1: Yes? Question mark?
0: Yeah. maybe like five question marks there
1: but like with me with Halloween being my favorite holiday I don't want to listen to the same like okay love Michael Jackson love him but I don't want to listen to thriller all the time all the time it comes on every party city commercial
0: Yeah, and fortunately, artists like Annie or Sevdaliza, or even like Danny Brown to an extent release a lot of kind of Halloween-themed music, but none of it is directly about Halloween.
1: It just has those aesthetics and vibes behind it. I want to hear an artist come out with a true Halloween album talking about spooky, scary teens.
0: Like Mariah Carey.
1: Yes! Can I get like that? Can I get that, please?
0: That, but for Halloween.
1: Like, talk about some, like, scary things. Like, talk about some skeletons but, like, add some rugs in it or something. Like...
0: Yeah, make it... It doesn't always have to be, like, family-friendly. Yeah! Because right now, the Halloween music that's directly on Halloween that I've heard is a one and a half minute by Trippy Red. Like, I need more than that. I need more pumpkin spice. I need more spice in my pumpkin spice.
1: Like just imagine like in your head, like you're hanging with your friends for Halloween watching like Halloween movies or like you're getting dressed, you're getting ready to take Halloween pictures in your costumes with your friends and you're like, you're wanting to listen to some cool ass like Halloween music and someone puts on just like the scary skeletons. Like it's a vibe, you know, but is it the vibe that we need being like college students?
0: Yeah, um, I think it's a bit of a modern issue too because back then they would like, I think millennials and late boomers would put on stuff like Joy Division or Nirvana as their kind of dark wave type of aesthetic. Yeah, But now we don't have much of that here in this Halloween, and that's very disappointing because I love Halloween, clearly. I
1: love it. And it's like, it's even more disappointing because this Halloween, there's like nothing to do, you know?
0: Especially.
1: COVID, stay inside, inside. But, <laughs> but my plans, like specifically, simply like watch movies, Halloween movies, you know? Twitches, Twitches 2, Halloween Town, the iconics.
0: Yeah, we can just put a mask on our costume. Like
1: Yeah. I'm like, I would love to add listening to some new Halloween music to that list. But I can't.
0: Because a lot of it is either dated or cheesy.
1: Yeah.
0: Who would who would um ideally, who would be the artist that you would want Halloween music from?
1: Oh my gosh what i want halloween music from i
0: don't know yeah it's a tough question because like we're bringing up this problem but like okay what's the solution who like,
1: do it who fits those vibes
0: i want to say i think the Weeknd could make a good album Ooh, i know you're yes, yes, yes. i know you're not the biggest fan of the weekend i'm
1: not the biggest fan but i feel like he fits it
0: he fits it because he's kind of like this is going to be an inappropriate comparison but he's kind of like michael jackson a little bit with his voice he's like michael jackson Plus more mental breakdowns in his music.
1: I was about to say because I love me some Michael Jackson. I was like, tread carefully, <laughs> tread carefully, Scott. But I can get what you're saying. Like thinking about artists who could do this. Like I love Ariana, you know, mm-hmm. but I just can't hear Halloween from Ariana.
0: Yeah, because it's her voice just
1: doesn't fit it. Like her vibe doesn't fit it for me.
0: It's too poppy. Yeah, we need something a little
1: more it's dark. Like a dark, Serious. like some nice beats behind it. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, like, feeling it and nothing is, like, no one's even released anything like that yet.
0: Yeah, I think a couple years ago, like, 21 Savage tried to do a project like that, and it right. turned out to be a little more just traditional trap rap.
1: Do you remember Sucker for Pain with the, um... It released with, like, the suicide... It was the, in the Suicide Squad, like, soundtrack? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the closest I think I could get, because... When I think of Suicide Squad, I think of Harley Quinn. When I think of Harley Quinn, I think of Halloween. Mm -hmm. And like, sort of, but like not really.
0: I think that for people in the industry, it's a very easy task. I feel like making Halloween music or figuring out which artists could actually make that would be a pretty simple task.
1: Like we're not asking for much. We're not asking for too much. Like
0: Just something to listen to.
1: So if like any artists out there like are tuning in, Halloween.
0: Or... Or maybe this is a good job for the local artists, the local scene. Local
1: artists, this is a call to action.
0: (laughs) Yes, please. If you are a local artist or you know a local artist, think of making some Halloween music in the span of, you know, five days.
1: (laughs) You know, slight work um
0: (laughs) yeah you know just last minute what do you think of halloween kind of music that'd be great but realistically um
1: like for next year you know yeah just like think about it. have in like your back pocket because i think i don't think we're alone in this you know i think it'd be a cool project
0: yeah but i don't know any local artists at the moment really like i mean i know there's a way to contact a lot of local artists through venues or through people you know or through other journalists but it's just so damn difficult
1: it's it's a mission it's on my list i definitely want to get into that
0: and i know uh, like as we go along with our like jmc classes and all that we'll figure out more tricks on how to get to know people um I think part of the issue is with Phoenix itself, there isn't much room to go. There aren't that many venues in Phoenix that we really know of that aren't like, you know, speakeasies or underground venues.
1: And like at the same time, nothing's open, you know? Yeah, know, it's just hard in these times. Yeah. We'll adapts.
0: I miss First Friday the most, to be honest, where they had the live oh, like gosh. local music. I remember one group, The Color 8. Uh, they would be like switch from jazz from like new jazz to like metal rap, like death grips type of that. It was crazy from just vibing with your friends to a mosh pit it's a it's crazy local artists i know you can do some crazy stuff from the graffiti i see on the buildings to the music you produce at the scenes i know you can come up with something we just need to find you
1: yeah we're looking
0: yeah we're looking very hard and we are not finding anything it's like looking at sand
1: I don't <laughs> What are you trying to find?
0: Less sand?
1: I'm... I don't even know. I don't even know what I am. Am I weak or am I dead? Dead. It's Halloween. Ooh, undead. I'm undead. Do you
0: have any costume ideas?
1: Okay. So... If any of the listeners listeners know the movie, bring it on. Yes, iconic. I'm going to be a clovers cheerleader. I'm getting myself sent here. My mom is making the top with like the clovers on the front and like the different patches and velcroing and all that stuff. She loves doing all that home craft <laughs> stuff. So I was like, yeah, can you do this? She's like, yeah. But I have this skirt already, I thrifted it a while ago, love thrifting, yes, and it is a green vintage cheer skirt from 1987, yes, oh wow, yeah, it's amazing, and I was like, well let me just like get the top, and yeah.
0: Okay, well, it sounds like you're having a lot better of a time shopping for Halloween stuff than I am. Yeah. Because I have to go thrifting soon, and I'm still str- like struggling on my ideas. I overcomplicate things. Like I want to be either like undead Poseidon or like a spider demon. I'm like combining costumes into something unique.
1: A, what would a spider demon look like?
0: I want. I I think it's just a spider with red eyes, right?
1: would you get like red contacts for that
0: i mean yeah but i have an issue with contacts you know
1: yeah
0: uh four eyes over here doesn't like four eyes as in me not raven although she also has glasses on so
1: but i wear contacts sometimes
0: yeah i can't handle things in my eyes like honestly thank god i have never like delved into makeup because mascara would absolutely ruin me. I would be trying, I would have like PTSD from mascara. It'd be crazy. I'd see an article about like makeup and I'd freeze. I can't stand things in my eyes.
1: You know there's like eyeliner that goes like on your waterline? What? Yeah. Um, you literally just like hold on your eye and you're like no. no
0: you don't, you don't got to describe it. Oh.
1: <laughs> He's like,
0: you're just like.
1: Yeah,
0: no, no, I'm good, thank you.
1: Um,
0: I think for a Halloween costume, like a friend last year tried to do that eyeliner thing for me last year. Yeah. And I actually ended up not wearing it because I couldn't sit still. Like I had to be like my head was still. I had to be like held down.
1: Oh my gosh, it's that bad. Yeah.
0: I can't handle things in my eyes. Uh, and it got to the point where, like, during eye exams for, like, new prescriptions, you know that blow test that they have where they blow a puff in your eye? Yeah. I had to do that, like, 12 times before they could get a result.
1: Ooh, I can literally feel it right now.
0: So now I'm trying to look for costumes that can fit with glasses, as well as the only working pair of glasses I have now.
1: Honestly, I think like make it fit. Like, just wear glasses with it. And just be like, yes, yeah, I'm this. Take it or leave it.
0: Maybe like a mad scientist or something.
1: A mad scientist.
0: If you have any ideas on yes. what I could be for Halloween this year, help
1: Scott out.
0: Please help me out. I need so much help, and I don't want to overspend on thrift stores just so I can not wear the clothes because I'm indecisive about my overcomplicated costumes.
1: Because even with, like, drifting costumes, the way I think about it is, like, I want to be able to uh, wear this with, like, normal outfits in the future. So, like, that's, like, my train of thought when I think of that.
0: Yeah, so you can reuse them and not just be like, oh, this was a costume I wore once. That
1: I'm never, ever going to wear again.
0: Yeah, like, it's not like you're going to show up to class in a Wonder Woman outfit or something.
1: I mean, imagine. Imagine.
0: That'd be, that'd be a move, though.
1: Imagine. Imagine, like, those prank YouTube videos.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it.
0: Yeah, no. Now you just reminded me of something that happened after we recorded the second episode. You remember that, at Postino. I'm
1: traumatized. I'm traumatized.
0: Yeah, um... Like after we recorded the episode, uh there was like this group of guys who group of guys and then one of them was recording and they were all in Speedos on roller skates just going throughout the restaurant.
1: Yeah.
0: It was um, like a really bad gag, it seemed like because no one eventually was no one was laughing. Everyone just stopped eating their food.
1: Yeah, I didn't have that much of an appetite after
0: <laughs> I ate my food quickly, thankfully.
1: It was uh, it was shocking, and I was just like.
0: I was appalled.
1: I'm literally speechless,
0: just like thinking about it right now. So, if you're thinking of what not to do for a Halloween costume, that. don't show up to someone else's apartment in a speedo and roller skates.
1: You would get the door slammed in your face.
0: Yes, you would get thrown out. Just a PSA. Yeah, small PSA about Halloween costumes.
1: Yeah. But with that being said. Yeah can't wait for Halloween. Uh-huh. What are you guys' plans? I'm just going to be watching Halloween movies, honestly. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm probably going to be dealing with friends who claim their house is haunted. And then trying to convince them that it isn't.
1: See, I don't mess with that. Like, I'll watch, like, The Conjuring and Insidious. But, miss me with that Ouija board stuff. I'm not messing with
0: that. Oh, come on. Those ghost movies are like a dime a dozen now.
1: So, you're saying that you would mess with a Ouija board.
0: I actually would. That's honestly, actually. um, I hope my church friends don't hear this. I want to... I want to, like, mess around with a Ouija board. And... Then I wanna like do Bloody Mary and all that.
1: See, I will not be present.
0: Yeah, I wanna tempt these guys. I wanna see like, are, is this for real?
1: You're the person in the freaking horror movie that's like, let's say at this hot at place. Yeah. You get everyone killed and you're the last person like alive and you're like, wow. Yeah, wow, why that's are you crazy? Yeah,
0: why are you guys like so afraid of ghosts? I mean, it's not like you died to them or anything.
1: Let me scoop my chair a little bit further. Let me just
0: it's spooky season.
1: As soon as I scooted my chair, the light flickered. Um it's a sign.
0: Yeah, there might be ghosts in uh the ground by it's the way.
1: Omen.
0: A bad omen. <gasps> Isn't a raven a bad omen? Or is that a crow? I think it's ra- I think
1: it's a raven.
0: <laughs> oh you're screwed. Happy Halloween, poem. Raven.
1: The poem by Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, the Raven.
0: Oh my God.
1: I'm famous.
0: Yes, because you were named after Edgar Edgar Ed, Edgar. Yes.
1: Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar
0: Say it with me now. Edgar Allan Poe. Is there a way we can turn that into an acronym? Edgar Allan Poe. E A P. Eep. Eep.
1: Eep. 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 <laughs> Scared. <laughs> I hate us.
0: Eep! That's what the Raven said.
1: (laughs) I have no words. Just um.
0: But regardless, um, we really hope you guys have a safe Halloween. Uh, Remember to wear a mask. And if you're going to a party, make sure it's like not too many people. Uh, Social distance as much as possible. And have fun. For sure. Yeah. Um, Again, this is hosted at The Grand. Thank you for hosting us uh, with your amazing lattes. Wait. Yeah, I got a latte. latte. And yeah, we'll be back with more music reviews and hopefully more music news post-election.
1: Yeah, after all this crazy stuff is over.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Then we can get back to the usual schedule. Um, Have a nice one, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And leave a comment on what my costume
1: should be. Please. He needs help.